because he was a faith giant. He stepped in faith for the Lord. He had some human stuff too going on. He's a man just like us. He was human just like us. So when you hear about Abraham, listen, he was a person just like you and me. He was not the son of God. Jesus was the son of God. But Abraham was human just like you and me. But we see his steps of faith and we admire those. So Abraham was what we would say was God's friend. He was faithful to God and God faithful to him. Well, Abraham had two children, Jacob and Isaac. And later in Genesis, we see that God changed Jacob's name to Israel. He, you know, you'll see in Jewish tradition, especially the renaming of a child or the naming of a child has such significance. Well, God renamed Jacob Israel. So when Jacob, now known as Israel, had children, they were known as Israelites. So Abraham's descendants are considered the Israelites. The Israelites were in Egypt and they were slaves. Why were they slaves? Well, the ruler of Egypt was a little threatened by the mass of Israelites that lived in Egypt. He was afraid that if they came together, that they could overturn him. And so as the ruler, he slowly, carefully, and very methodically forced the Israelites into slavery so they would be under his thumb. So now, the Israelites are in slavery, and they have been for many years. Moses was actually born the year that the Israelites became slaves. Did you know that? That's, that's an interesting piece to me, I think. It's so cool. The Bible, if you, if you read it, like one big story, so many parallels. It's such meaning. Well, Moses was actually being raised in Egypt and groomed to be a ruler, to be Pharaoh of the land. But God had a different plan for Moses. And as Moses grew into his own person and took his own journey, he heard the call of the Lord and had a very few holy moments that defined his life where he felt led to help the Israelites leave slavery, to be free, and to take them into their own land where they can live as free people. And so Moses went about the plan that God put in his heart, and God did some work in Pharaoh, and Moses and the Israelites, they left. They began to leave Egypt. And as they left, and Pharaoh realized it, and his team realized it, we call it his team, his army realized it, they were like, hold up, no. They did a bunch of work for us. We need them back here. And so as the Israelites were fleeing by the direction of Moses, but let's be honest, by the direction of God, because he gave them a GPS, we'll talk about that in a second, the, Israel, the Egyptians and Pharaoh decided to go after the Israelites to get them back. It says that Pharaoh ordered 600, at least 600 chariots and men and army to go after the Israelites to get them back into slavery. But God was leading Moses and the Israelites to their own story, their own land. And he led them with such holy creativity, a cloud by day and fire by night. He's the God of the weather, amen? 
And so he sends a cloud by day to direct them and a fire by night to direct them. And like a GPS, he takes them right where he said he would to this water side, this seaside. Well, that's fine, since he said this is what he was going to do. Until they now see, here come the Egyptians. And so the Israelites see far off that the Egyptians are closing in on them. Something they did not expect. And here comes Pharaoh's army. And they start flipping out. Well, why did you do this, Moses? We could have just been slaves. At least we'd have gotten food. Now we're going to die out in the desert. They're going to kill us. Whatever's going to happen, we're going to end up back in slavery. We might as well just stay. Because here they stand at water's edge on one side and the Egyptians closing in on the other. And so that's where we're going to pick up in Exodus 14, starting at verse 13. If not, I can grab my Bible. I don't have 13. Okay, so I will open my Bible app. No worries. Hang on, the suspense is killing me, right? You didn't know you needed popcorn. Moses answered the people. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, I love this. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I love this. Let's look at this again. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Remember, they're at water's edge with an army closing in. Tell them to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand. Did you not trust me? Stretch out the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. This is a sea turned into a highway. It happened. Moses was obedient. He did it God, as God said. And God did what he said he would do. The Israelites walked through on dry ground all night long. We'll read on this week. I'd like for you to take out Exodus 14 this week in your devotions and read the rest of this chapter. It's incredible. All through the chapter, you will see where God says, and I will do this, and they will know I am the Lord. And we're praying for that. He will do this, and we will know he did it. God did it. He says, and you will walk through on dry ground. And he did it. I want to break down verse 14 for you. And this is what's interesting. As soon as he commanded this and Moses did it and they started walking through dry ground, they walked all night long. Let's not think for one second that they weren't like at 3 a.m. going like, oh. I mean, those first steps were probably really like, oh, God's delivering us. But 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m., after six, seven hours of the sea being rolled back, it could get daunting. And when they reach the other side, imagine their celebration. 
And God did do a work that night, and everyone did know it was him, for sure. But let's look at 14. The Lord will fight for you. You don't need to be still. Let's leave this here. This is how we're going to break this down. You've read, you've heard me say before, the Lord in all caps, L-O-R-D in all caps, means Yahweh, which means I am. When you see Lord in all caps, you are now hearing about the relational God, the one that is with us, the I am, the present tense of God, the right here, right now God. Not a God that was, a God that was and is and is to come. He doesn't change. He doesn't pass away. He is. And so L-O-R-D, all caps, means I am. He is. The Lord will fight for you. Now what's interesting in Israel's history, in the Israelites' history, what they know is that God fights one of two ways for them. They had seen it happen. He either does it for us or he gives us the strength to do it. And they had seen that. And they knew who the Lord was. He is I am. He is. And he fights for us. And so he's either going to do this or he's going to give us the strength to do it. And it says you need only to be still. Now still, be still in this context would be stay calm or silent even. In some translations you will see, say, you will hear, you need only to be silent. Well, that's fitting. Because don't you remember? The Israelites, well, we might as well just stay back there. The Lord will fight for you. He'll either give us the strength to do it, he is with us, or he will do it for us. We need to just calm down. Shh. He'll show up. He's got this. He's got us. He's gotten us this far. He's going to get us the rest of the way. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. How many times do we come up against the water's edge with something looming at us this way too and feeling like we have nowhere to go? And we're up against a rock in a hard place, literally. This was the Israelites. But they remembered. Every time we've been in battle, he's either done it for us or he's given us the strength to do it. And so as Moses raised his staff and stepped into the water, God did it this time. He parted the water, and all they had to do was walk that highway. You see, he turned seas into highways. Sometimes the seas are literal. Sometimes the seas are a health situation. Sometimes the seas are a relationship gone bad. Sometimes the seas are a job situation. Sometimes the seas are fill in the blank. Sometimes the seas is that addiction. Sometimes the seas are you know your story. But we've all been at the water's edge with nowhere else to go. But the same God that rolled back the sea that night might be calling you to trust him and do what he says. He may not deliver you. He may just give you the strength to go through it. But it's the same God. It's the same 
same power. And if the power that can split the sea can work in me, I'm in. I'm in. Well, he wants to turn our seas into highways. But he needs us to listen for his voice. He needs us to trust his plan. And he needs us to do what he says. That's going to be my prayer for you, Nicholas. That you'll hear his voice. And that you'll trust his plan. And that you'll do what he says. And I believe you'll see the glory of the Lord. I don't know how. I believe you will. Even if it's just in a vision one night. And not just Nicholas. Many of you in here tonight. You stand against the water's edge. And you say, this is a raging sea. The same one who rolled back the waters wants to direct you through. Are you listening? Do you trust him? Are you ready to do what he says? Well, we have a great testimony we want to share with you tonight. Her name is Aaliyah, and we're going to ask her to come up if you will give her a round of applause. If you were here for our Easter celebration, you had the privilege of seeing Aaliyah be baptized. It was a wonderful moment. Another time where we saw the faithfulness of God through all generations. Amen? You may remember the story. Her father showed up and said, Marcia, your dad baptized me, and now you're baptizing my daughter. And we said, that's the faithfulness of God through all generations. And so here we are together, Aaliyah, tonight. We love this girl. She and I get to share Arby's curly fries together about once a week recently. Amen? And top God. And how he's working in your life. And so just join us at Arby's if you would, okay? I know it's not healthy, and you're super healthy. And I really like french fries. We'll talk later. I should have written french fries in my paper today. For those of you that were there, we had to give up something. I should have written french fries. I should have, but I didn't. I wrote something else that God was inspiring me to write. Hi, Aaliyah. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. So, my name's Aaliyah. I'm 21 years old. I grew up in a town called Los Alamitos. I have been attending Church of God, Sarasota, for almost a year. June will be my first year. I have my grandmother, Cheryl, my grandfather, Dick, and my dad, Brian, in the audience tonight. Thank you for coming. So, Leah, we're just going to jump in, okay? You ready? She's so ready. God's so ready. Your C has been one of your Cs. There's been a few. But one of the Cs that you have had to venture has been your health. But if we take a look back from when you were a little girl, the health conversation has been on your radar for quite some time. Give us some background. So, my grandfather, his name is Mark Page. I mean, Mark Proctor. <laughs> Um, he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes when I was three years old. So whenever I was over, I mean, and this was every day, he was sticking insulin shots into his stomach, pricking his finger to check his blood sugar. And at that age, I just didn't understand why. And then later on, I found out it was because of his diet. And that was hard to wrap my head around because I figured you can control that, but he couldn't. I would come home from school and he would have a secret stash of bakery items, which 
wasn't hidden very well. Everyone knew who it was. <laughs> and he would offer me a bear claw, like, every day. And I said, no, Grandpa, thank you, though. And I remember going into that bakery uh, drive-thru and parking lot every day, and it being a bonding moment for us. And I look back at it and realize I wish I could have been there to help him now. But I know he's looking down on me and very proud. So how old were you about that time, that season, what would you say? So I was around anywhere from 6 to 14 years old. I'd seen him every day. I lived with him. He picked me up from school. He'd forget sometimes, <laughs> but I was there. <laughs> Wait, <Wait-a-la>. on. <laughs> he, he said he was taking a nap, so. <laughs> but a big portion in my childhood. Yeah. So fast forward yeah, to a few years back, and you hit a wall, a sea, so to speak, stood at water's edge with your own health. Tell us about that. So I was a vegetarian for a year in 2019, and I thought this will be great. I'm going to feel much better. I was you know, in a good place when I started this journey. But as I started to go through the months, I was developing severe acne. I was gaining weight uncontrollably, and whatever I did, it would not come off. And a lot of this, you blame on yourself. You believe that this was something that you done to yourself. But then other complications had arisen, and I went to the doctor, and I was diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I didn't even know what that was. Later on, I found out one in 10 women in the United States have been diagnosed with this. And that study was done in 2011. So I can't imagine how many people go through life with it and don't even know. But knowing that the problems I was having was from something made me feel a little better about my self-esteem and my choices. But they told me, you need to eat meat. And they're like, you can't, you can't be, can't be vegetarian anymore. And I struggled with that. I had a lot of problems accepting this. I fought it even. They told me the only two things that could help me was estrogen pills or anti-inflammatory diet. And I'm in culinary school, so possible. So yeah, you just told them your culinary school. What I think is interesting is the way that the Lord kind of redeemed where you saw your grandpa's diet not helping him. And now here you stand in the middle of a health crisis of your own. And you did feel encouraged and inspired to look at nutrition. Explain that. So you take four courses in my training program, and one of them is nutrition. And this was already been a big interest of mine in the beginning. So to dive in deeper and learn more about the statistics, the facts, and 
and prove to myself that I don't know everything and there is so much to learn with just overall health. I was so intrigued. I got all A's in all my tests during nutrition and it was a big eye opener for me that I really enjoyed this subject, this path. Which is so cool. Because Aaliyah, if you would take us back a little bit now. You've talked about your current health issues and your culinary school and you're doing rock solid in your nutrition classes and rocking it. But if you could take us back and tell us a little bit about your past history with education. Ever since the first grade in elementary school, I was sent to summer school. And I didn't know why. It was basically just because I was doing below average in my testing and I was there every day. I was trying my absolute best, but it just wasn't showing through. So fast forward to middle school. I was in all the extracurricular classes you can take because I was starting to fail my math, my math classes and English. But I went to the doctor and they prescribed me a medication that basically told me I can take this and I, I can succeed. And so I did just that. And then all of a sudden I started getting A's and B's. And it was the best feeling ever to make my mom and my grandparents so proud that I was finally doing good in school. But I had a wall. It only last, lasted so long. I started to fail again. And I thought, if, if this can't help me, what can? So I decided to move in 2015 to Florida in hopes of helping me with this. And I still was in denial about the medicine. And I told my dad, I was like, I need it. And he said, you don't. And I fought it with everything I could, I could think of. And he just would not let me walk over him. And eventually I got off the medicine and I started doing well. I was so shocked. I finally realized I don't need these things they tell me I need in order to succeed. But junior year came around and I started to not attend school. I would just not go because I transferred into an online program and these were all senior dropouts, so I wasn't making any friends. And I was like, okay, I feel comfortable enough to go back to normal classes. And I was failing again, and I just didn't understand what was different from me than from everyone else. So I went back into online, and because I was in online, I didn't get behind, even when I missed school. But then I, started to get to that point in high school where testing was becoming really important to graduate. So I would take these tests, these exams. I took four SATs and four ACTs and 
six of cats. And I failed all of them. So I took the F cat the last time I was able to. Like if I did not pass it this time, I was not graduating. And it passed it by one point. my geometry exam, I passed by two points. So I barely made it, but that was good enough for me. I graduated, I had everything I was up against, and I overcome it. So here you are now with this health crisis, and you saw your grandpa struggle, and now you're struggling. And you recognize it's time to take some steps in your life to continue education or to find out how to even help yourself through nutrition. And so you and your dad talked and decided to start culinary school. And I can't imagine the uh, maybe the anxiety that you may have had about schooling given your past experience. And in some ways, at the water's edge with education and your health. But if you could, give us a little rundown about how things are going with nutrition, your culinary classes, and also your grades. So I'm almost done with my program. It was a eight month program. And at first I was anxious, I had my doubts, but I just wanted people to stop asking me, what are you doing with your life? And I finally had some, something to tell them. But then as I started going, very interested. It was fun, which was a big thing for me. It had to be fun. But I was succeeding. And the funniest thing is, my teachers and my peers were like, oh, well, Leah knows. Oh, she, she gets all A's. Get her homework. And it was the first time in my life that people looked up to me with anything. My teacher, um, inflates my ego sometimes. I have to check myself. But he came up to me one day with a piece of paper, and I was like, what's this? I'm scared. You know, you get some paper, some big bold letters on it, and you're like, oh no. And he's like, fill this out, make sure the information's correct. And as I looked at it, I was like, what is this? He's like, well, I'm nominating you for the National Technical Honor Society. To even apply for this, you have to have good attendance, always, and be recognized by your peers. So I couldn't believe this. I was like, what? I got this. And I was like, when do you give this? If a year? He's like, this is the first one I've given in five years. Wow. I know. There's only 21 students nominated through Polytech and Suncoast. So it's a privilege and honor to even be able to attend this ceremony. But before then, before I was nominated, I was still having doubts about my future because I had set some plans into place and they all fell through. So I was back at that place where I had my doubts. Like, what am I gonna do after this? I don't want to be working 60, 70 hours a week because that's what chefs do. 
especially Ritz-Carlton, I was warned. And I knew it just, I had more to offer. So after I got baptized, God told me nutrition. I had no doubts, I had no fears, and I'm currently enrolled at SCF. I'm gonna start in the fall to receive my AA and hopefully transfer to a university that is accredited by the Federation. Sometimes he delivers us and sometimes he gives us the strength to battle through. You're strong. I've heard a lot of your story. You're really strong. Thank you. And you're very intelligent. You're very insightful, Aaliyah. Isn't she at 21? Very insightful. So you kind of mentioned your baptism, but has God just been a soft rock for you through this entire experience? He has. I did not grow up in the church. So in the beginning, I wasn't a strong believer. And through my church family, my soul sisters, and everyone in my life, they have just pointed me in the direction of faith. And God has just proven it every step of the way. He has given me the hundredth chance at my education and the friends that I've so longed for. I feel like I'm at home when I'm here, and it's all thanks to Jesus. Every story is unique, isn't it? Every story that we've heard so far through this series is so unique. And, you know, we've heard salvation stories, and tonight we hear redemption stories of education and potentially health. And here in a second, I'm going to um, anoint and pray over Aaliyah in front of everyone. But I think tonight, when I'm inspired by her story, and just by her in general, is that there's so much in healing that is also direction. Just having the right direction from God, knowing the next steps to take, and knowing that we can do it with His help, and that it's His power that muscles us through. And if you know Aaliyah, and you've talked to her any time over the last year, because you started coming to Church Beds here so about a year ago. Yes, in June. In June, a year ago in June. Her journey's been incredible. But even in a season of loss where she lost a grandparent, she dug her heels deeper into God. She found him even deeper. And even in that moment of loss, in many ways, a grave into a garden in your heart. And it's just been really incredible. But what I really am inspired by is how you have just trusted the direction that you've received and the inspired direction that you know is there from the Lord and that you've taken this health thing with your grandpa that caused fear and anxiety in you and despair in you and you're turning it for good and for purpose in your life and that is powerful and you took a really tough thing with your education a tough experience where many of us would just give up and, and move on and you said I think I can I think I can try again and I see that God has decided to not necessarily deliver you, but to give you the muscle to battle through. And he is shining in you, and he is shining through you. Now, we would like to pray for you and pray for your continued direction, but also to pray for your health. How is your health these days? It's still a work in progress. I 
want to fully commit once I'm done with my schooling at culinary and focus on my diet and hopefully get to a place where I don't have to take the estrogen anymore and I don't have to rely on something that I know that I can hopefully fix. And I also want to, you know, learn more about why so many women get this, why there is no cause or no known cause or cure, and how to help others. And I really know that nutrition is my gateway through. So I'm going to ask if Laura will come up and pray over Aaliyah. Um, Laura and Aaliyah have been journeying pretty closely like sisters. You've heard her call a soul sister. Mm-hmm. They've been journeying pretty closely together. And so we're just going to step right up here, Leah. You can go ahead and put your mic away. We're going to pray for her. We're going to anoint her and pray for her. And in just a few minutes, Eric and I are going to take um, each side of the room here. And we're going to have our anointing oil. And we're going to be ready to anoint and, and kind of speak over you some of the things that you are needing in your life. But if we could first, Laura. says, 
and to do it. He wants to turn your seas into highways, and he can do it one of a few ways. He might completely deliver you. We've heard stories of healing, haven't we? Or he might give you the muscle to work through it. He might simply be with you all the way to the very end, as he was with the Israelites, supplying what they need, needed when they needed it. But I know this, he's a good, good father, and he has a good, good plan for your life. And healing is in this room tonight, and it's not just health. We're talking about education here. God redeemed her educational experience. He wants to redeem something in you. And so if the worship team will come forward, they're going to sing this incredible song, Healer. And my husband and I are going to take each side of the stage. And here's the deal. You're just going to come forward. If you'd like to be anointed for yourself, for direction, for medical healing, for a relationship situation, a job situation, something that needs either fought for or healed, our direction for tonight. We would love for you to come forward. We will anoint you and speak over you in Jesus' name that that will be healed or you will receive direction or you will simply have the strength to muscle through. The Lord is here. The one who turns seas into highways. The one who turns graves into gardens and raises up bones into armies is here. And he wants you to know his power is near. May he bless and heal you tonight. Let me pray. God, we love you so much. We truly just stand in awe of you. All that you've been and all that you are. We can't even fathom all that you're going to be. But you, the I am, the present tense God, the one that is right here, right now, we are crying out to you to do a work tonight. A work in the lives of people, in their bodies, in their minds, in their spirits. God, we're asking you to be the great physician, the healer in this room. Yes. The one that gives direction, the one that provides. The one that, like Eric said, has seen every single second of our lives and has a plan for us still. God, we are calling on you to meet us here in this moment as we sing, and as we pray, God, there's no power in the oil like you said before, God, that the power is all in you. But when we come to you in faith, we give you much freedom and room to move in us. So we pray that that would happen in this next time together, Lord. You are the healer and you are here. Let us experience your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come forward as you feel it.